Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Mike Ludwig, Kyle Mersch, and Wyatt Teeter on this awesome episode 71. So it's really not that awesome because today we're going to be talking about Cyclones men's basketball. But which is, is, which awesome, is not awesome. No, it's not. But we're also going to be talking about the XFL, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, some MLB stuff. And, of course, our signature segments, Mike, Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions, which are always awesome. So that makes the, the episode awesome. That's fair. I am awesome. And I, I like that our signature segments, which are all me, make the episode awesome. No, it's really good for my ego that my segments are the best so, part of this. So this everyone episode. is entitled to their own opinion, even though it is entirely wrong and i would say you fit that category right there <laughs> That's you have an opinion it is blatantly wrong so. i'm never i'm never kyle we decided this a long time ago that we were gonna say no. everyone's time we assuming i was always you right you just said no. you just said we, we. that we means decided, i yes. That means I agreed we, with you that you just, are never wrong. You decided I like, never agreed to that. I never like agreed to that. Three years ago. I never agreed to that. You are putting words into my mouth, and I do not appreciate being force-fed the English language. No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 a, what a cat fight. I like that. You like that. You like Enter- that. Entertainment. I no. guess so. So cat fights are scrappy, and that's not one <laughs> word we can use to describe the Cyclone men's basketball team, because they are, wow, they're bad. Um, so they had two games this week, as like per per the norm, um, in conference play they always have two games per week I mean, generally. Not always. Sometimes you got buys. That's why I said generally. Mike, use you. Always generally. Like, you can't have it always generally. Excuse you. You're interrupting with more opinions. All right. That's what I'm good at. Why else do you have me here? Okay. So, they did actually get a win this week. um, And the game was ugly in the second half. The Cyclones were up by double digits in the first half over TC Who. Uh, and Solomon Young once again continued his great run in the month of February. He had he turned in another good game in the post. He looked strong, and he was tough to defend down there. Uh, his final stat line was 20 points, 7 boards, and 3 blocks. He was also very efficient from the field. He was 8 of 11. Um, and typically the team plays better when the offense goes through the post, when the offense goes through Solomon Young and Michael Jacobson, rather than the the three guards hucking up threes from the middle of nowhere, these uh, are better than long twos, though. That we did we did talk about that last week, and you and I actually agreed on something there, and we agreed on that. And actually, Prentice Nixon in the TCU game did a little bit better about not taking those long twos. He was taking threes, at least. Granted, not a lot of them went in. But at least he was taking threes, which statistically have a higher or a better outcome than those long twos. But 
the game was super close as the Cyclones got really sloppy, which has been the mantra of this team throughout the season is sloppy play leads to poor outcomes at basketball games. They managed to let Desmond Bain go off for over 20 for TCU and get them back into the game. Luckily, they did pull one out, and we thought that could potentially be a confidence boost going to Stillwater on Saturday. It was good not. Out. It was not. Oklahoma State is bad. Um, they're going to be really good next year. They have the number two recruit in the nation coming in. That's according to ESPN, though, who always overrates some players. But still, he's he's a really good player coming in. He's a six-seven point guard. That's not a point guard. That's a forward. That is a big man. But, hey, we have Xavier Foster coming in who's a stretch four, and he's seven foot, so get ready for that. That'll be fun. But for this season, we lost Oklahoma State on the road. That was the first time that um, they've beaten us in the last uh, three seasons, I believe, um, including the Big 12 tournament. And most likely you will see these teams squaring off in the Big 12 tournament against each other uh, in so a week from this coming Wednesday. The Cyclones will unfortunately have to play. Essentially the play-in game in the Big 12 tournament is really kind of what it is. Uh, the first, the bottom four teams uh, in the conference for the regular season play in the first two play-in games. And then the second game out of that 8-9 seeding will be against number one Kansas, so we'll get to be embarrassed again. But who knows? Iowa State always tends to play and show out well in Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. Should be another good atmosphere at the Sprint Center, and we'll see if the Cyclones can miraculously make another run, but I highly doubt it. There's, I'm there's not no, any shred of doubt or hope. There's no way, because even if they win that first game against what, probably Oklahoma State, like you said. No, it's it's 100% Oklahoma is it, State. Is it already locked in? Decided. Okay, I didn't know if it was locked in. As long as, as, long as, TCU, as long as TCU doesn't lose out, and as long as Oklahoma State, there's one scenario in which it could be. So um, basically, it's game except for the ways where it's not guaranteed. What? So basically you're saying it's it's guaranteed except for the ways where it's not guaranteed. Like it's TCU all, it's and all West guaranteed. Like, like TCU and West or West Virginia losing twice and Iowa State or Oklahoma State winning twice. Yeah. Yeah. And the so likelihood of those scenarios happening is fairly slim. Now no, Iowa State I mean, does have an opportunity to win twice this week. Uh, they do play at home uh, if, at senior night against West Virginia, who has been stumbling as of late. Right. They have tumbled off of a cliff out of the rankings, and then they go to a nine-win K-State team in Manhattan to finish out the season. That K-State team is 9-20 and 20 after um, having a NCAA year last year. So two very winnable games this week. Uh, as they close out the season, heading into the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, yeah. But it's always know the, it's always tough to play in Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know what the tiebreakers are, but I guess it is possible that they could climb up one spot, right? Because West Virginia's other game that week is Baylor. So if you beat West Virginia at home and you should beat K State, all of a sudden you're going to be tied in the standings with West Virginia at the end of the year, probably. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the tiebreaker is going to be, but, you know, then there's a chance. So I don't know what the tiebreaker is. They they were talking about this, and this is now a uh, moot point, obviously, um, since they were talking about it with Baylor and KU. If they uh, win Baylor, lost to KU, and they were, of course, tied in the standings at that point, um, if they both had one out throughout the rest of the season – Obviously, they had beaten each other on each other's home court. So literally, it came down to they put two both teams in a hat, and they literally draw out a team. The first team out of the hat is the two seed. Second team out is the one seed in the tournament because they would have shared the title or shared the right, uh, with, regular season right. title. And, and the next tiebreaker is, um, is going down um, – comparisons against teams in the standings so for them it would be third place fourth place fifth place dot 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 but they had all beaten everybody except each other so they would tie in all those tiebreakers but now it doesn't matter anymore because baylor lost to tcu this week and it pretty much cements kansas as most likely to go on and start another try and start another streak in big 12 uh regular like big to win the regular season big 12 championship which is annoying i hate ku I mean, don't we all? Yes, except for KU fans because all they care about is basketball. We don't have a football team. Uh, West Virginia is going to win that tiebreaker with Iowa State, by the way. By the way, there you go. So the Cyclones are pretty much stuck in the ninth seed. Yeah. But even so, even if they do beat Oklahoma State, going back to the point we had at the start, even if they do beat Oklahoma State, right? Your prize for beating Oklahoma State is going to be guess who? KU. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to win that. I and don't it's care Kansas how in the Sprint Center in Kansas City. Which is in Kansas which is fans in show Missouri. out. Well, yeah. Should we? Yeah, uh, I, know uh, I won't get into that part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, But Kansas fans show out to that. As always, but Iowa State fans do too. Maybe not as much this year since the team has been uh, underwhelming. I guess is the is a nice way of putting it. But yep, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, we just talked a lot about Cyclone basketball for being a bad Cyclone basketball team. Good for us. Hey, we're maybe bad we, for us. Maybe we need we to get a life. We have to stay true to our roots. No, I think we just need to get a life. Maybe. I did watch all of the entirety of both games this week. So I didn't I'm gonna be completely honest and say I didn't watch more than I watched like the first five minutes of the TCU game and that was it. Were you were you a little bit upset with Minnesota's performance? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota lost to Wisconsin. That's not even what I was frustrated about. You're supposed to lose to Wisconsin, especially when you were down 12 in the second half at one point. Like, it sucks. They can't win a close game to save their life. But the one that I'm frustrated about is Maryland. Minnesota's up 16 points in the first half at home against Maryland with your NCAA tournament dreams on the line. You have to win that game to get there. What does Minnesota do? Fall apart down the stretch. They missed 
three out of five free throws down the stretch, with two of those being front ends of one and ones. Minnesota was up by two with 12 seconds left at the free throw line, shooting one and one. You miss it. Maryland comes down and hits a three and wins the game. Unacceptable. Yeah, you're so frustrating. Fire Richard Patino and hire yeah. Scott Drew. I heard Scott Drew is interested in the Minnesota job. There's like, no way. If Scott Drew is interested Baylor in the Minnesota, Minnesota job, fire Patino yesterday and hire Scott Drew. I I would agree if you can I would agree that you fire Patino anyway. There are plenty of other coaches out there. Even if there's the slightest chance that you can get Scott Drew, if you look at what Scott Drew has done at Baylor, the the uh, number of 20 win seasons that Baylor had before Scott Drew got there was like in total in their history was uh, single digits less than five. And Scott Drew has had, I think, in his 15, 15 to 20 seasons, however long he's been there, he only, he hasn't had a winning a 20 win season all of like three or four times. He is the definition of consistency, especially in a pretty tough basketball conference to play in, where you play every team twice, home and away. So if you can get Scott Drew, get him. I just don't know if he's going to leave his job at Baylor now to go to Minnesota. Also, now that I'm slightly less worked up, clarification point, only fire Patino if you have a plan to replace him. Last time when they fired Tubby Smith, they didn't have a plan to replace him. And that's how they ended up with like their sixth choice in Patino in the first place. So don't fire Patino unless you got a plan. But if you got a good plan, fire Patino. Anyway, that's the end. This isn't a Minnesota-based podcast. But if you want to talk more about Minnesota basketball, I'm happy to do so. No, right. let's, let's move back to the turf or grass or whatever they're playing on in the XFL. Could be iron. The gridiron? Yeah, well... Come on, dude. We'll go with that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, it was week four. Week four is in the books now. Um, and Houston continues to roll. The Houston Roughnecks improved to 4-0 and on the year. They do hand another loss to the Dallas Renegades. They dropped to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Final score there was 27-20. to uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks continue their winning ways now as they were able to beat the Seattle Dragons 23-16. The Tampa Bay Vipers come up with a win over the D.C. Defenders who have fallen off of a cliff after starting undefeated. Uh, that final score was 25-0. And then the New York Guardians get a win on the board as they improve, to, or as they improve on the season. And move and win that game 17 to 14 over the LA Wildcats. The LA Wildcats are bad, but so are the Guardians. That was a bad game. Moving on into the interesting stuff, which you all probably like to hear more about, we're going to talk about more rules of the XFL, as I have been kindly bringing to you every week. So, one rule that I want to talk about here is overtime in which this addresses one thing that the that a lot of people in the NFL are upset about and this uh can be brought up as recently as this season between uh New Orleans and in uh Minnesota in the playoffs this year when Drew Brees didn't have a chance to uh possess the ball in overtime yeah, go cry about it, Drew Brees. Brett Favre didn't get a chance to possess the ball in overtime either in 2009. And then they only got a field goal. I have no sympathy for the Saints. 
And also, Patrick Mahomes wasn't able to possess the ball in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game two years ago, or last year, actually. So, there you go. Last year so, overtime. Overtime shall consist of five rounds, in quotes, uh, staged in alternating single-play possessions, as is customary in NHL shootouts or MLS penalty kicks. A round will consist of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. Basically, think of like almost an extended two-point conversion, pretty much. So this team has more points, uh, or actually, excuse me, the team with more points after five rounds is the winner of overtime. If a team has been mathematically eliminated before all five rounds have been completed, the game ends immediately. Example, if Team A scores on its first three attempts and Team B is stopped on its first three attempts, then no subsequent plays are necessary to decide the game. If teams are tied after five rounds, the rounds continue until one team is leading at the conclusion of a round, and that team will therefore be the winner. For scoring purposes, each successful overtime score is worth Two points. The defensive team cannot score. If the offensive team commits a turnover, the play is over immediately. So a turnover, it's a dead ball. Play is over. If the defensive team commits a penalty, the offensive team will be allowed a reattempt from the one-yard line. Don't get a penalty. If any subsequent penalty committed by the defensive team or any subsequent play, including in future rounds, will result in a score awarded to the offensive team, trying to expedite the process of overtime. If the offensive team commits a pre-snap penalty, the ball will be moved back from the original spot pursuant to regular rules, and the play will be reattempted. If the offensive team commits a post-snap penalty, the play will end and no score will be awarded. There will be a minimum of 20 seconds between plays with the ball spotting official working in conjunction with TV and official review to signal when the next play begins. All overtimes will have the visiting team on offense first and the home team on defense first. Every round will repeat this format, so it's not like college where they alternate uh, in each overtime. In overtime, the end zone where the overtime takes place will be determined at the 90-minute meeting. So there you have it, folks. That is... So- Overtime. I have a question. Do they play in the same end zone? Or do they have to keep running back and forth across the field? They play in the exact same end zone. That's what uh, it, the, the overtime end zone where the overtime takes place will be determined at the 90-minute meeting. So it's oh, predetermined gotcha, gotcha. at the beginning of the game which end zone is designated for overtime. That's crap. That'd be awesome to have everybody run back and forth across the field. Just, you know, get gas and it gets sloppier and sloppier as overtime goes on. <laughs> and I you only have 20 seconds in between yeah. ball placement. Yeah, you got to The offensive it. linemen and defensive linemen yeah. die. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. I think, it's a good, I think that's a good overtime format, though, you know? Yeah, it, it gives – there's a lot more skill involved in it in, like, I guess it brings play calling into it more. And both teams obviously have the opportunity to possess the ball. Then you're going to get my same complaint about the NHL shootout and the MLS penalty kicks, right? Like it's like, like, sure, it's great excitement, but it's not football. That's not real football. That's not what football is about. Right? No, but they're trying to, we're trying to get the game over with. You I don't care. I want football. I, they, they played football for an entire game's they worth. They play more prior football. To this. 
I want football games to be decided by playing football. That's why. So do you think? Okay, Mike. 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 How would you tangent? How would you resolve overtime then? Just play until some. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But do it by playing football, not by doing stupid. Do you? Do you at least believe? that both teams should possess the ball in overtime or have the chance to possess the ball in overtime? I don't know. I don't know if I dislike the way the NFL rules are structured now for overtime. Besides the fact that you can tie. I hate that you can tie. That's stupid. I hate the tie. I feel like, so, shout out to Pat McAfee. I feel like a tie in the NFL should come down to uh, punters and kickers. Get the (laughs) special teams unit out there. Kick some 60-yarders. And try and win a football game that way. That's exciting. I mean, 60 yards are pretty, you know, relatively easy. There's no line in front of you. Yeah. You kick an 85 yarder. <laughs> I don't care. That's Just make it almost nearly impossible. And then know. makes it first. I would argue that the XFL's overtime rules are football. They're just condensed. It's not. It's no. not like soccer. Soccer penalty penalty kicks are. I would. I would say that's not soccer because it's a PK, right? Where this is actual NFL. You have people still making plays on the field. It's, it's just condensed. The, yeah, it's still one play. One play from. That's not football. That's a play. Okay, maybe a play of a football game. It's not football. Maybe a good solution would be to have give them a full set of downs, but start at like midfield. I mean, like. College overtime isn't awful. Like, I don't dislike college overtime because it's sort of still close-ish to football. Yeah, I don't don't dislike college overtime. I don't either. I guess I don't have a problem with it. And then I will just quickly brush on one more rule, and it's timing change. So it's the start of the timing changes that the XFL has implemented. So they have introduced a 25-second play clock. Um, so the uh, 25 second play clock is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the the play clock begins after the ball is spotted for the next play. And watching a game, it goes quickly. You have to get the pl- the get the calls in right away. Uh, and then when you can hear the people, uh, when you can hear the coordinators calling in the plays, they have condensed them. They've shortened them so it's easier for people to understand uh, more quickly. Um, so that's obviously reduced from the NFL 40-second play clock. Nice. I like it. There you have it. We done, done with the XFL, but I don't think we're done with the football yet on this we, episode of the 8311 cast. We are not. We have something would you, that we... Would you, would you venture to say that we're pretty high on football right now? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Because we have something that we should have talked about last week, but we're bad and we forgot. And that is a new addition to our list of things football players shouldn't do. And this one is, I don't know which which way you want to look at it. It's either impressive or it's, well, it is downright stupid, but. I mean, so Kyle Wyatt, which one are you going to talk about this one? I forgot who. Kyle's got All it. Right. Kyle's got it. Oh, oh I said it first. Nope, Kyle's got it. Uh, I don't actually remember the guy's name, but... I hey, told you to look up the guy's name before we started. You, you said you were looking it up. It was it's Greg Robinson's. Rob, Ladies and Robinson. gentlemen, this is the Robinson. definition... Oh, Lord. This is the definition 
of a premier sports podcast where we have all of our facts and information squared away when we start this episode. Okay, quick addendum. We are actually a premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, so I think that, that gives us a little leeway. There it is, folks. Midwestern-based. Midwestern. So his name was his name was Greg Robinson. He was a lineman yeah. for the Browns, right? Was he a free yeah. agent or something? Too? Pending Maybe. free agent. Pending yeah. free. Well, <laughs> he's definitely going to be a free agent now. Why is that, Kyle? Prison, so. Why, why is he going to be in a prison cell? Did we go over this? I just forgot. Uh, so he was caught. Uh, I, I, I guess. I think he was caught crossing the border yep. with 157 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, 157. One Kyle's worth of marijuana. Pounds One Kyle's worth of marijuana in the state of Texas. Yikes. And it was like, all in duffel bags. Like, that's a lot of duffel bags. That's a lot of weed. I could fit you in one duffel bag. That's fine. Yeah, but you can't fit 157 pounds of marijuana in one duffel bag. That, that's a lot of weed. And I think, I think what he tried to say is that it was all for personal use, but I don't <laughs> believe anybody who was I mean, buying. That, that doesn't matter. Man. That doesn't matter in Texas, right? It's still illegal in Texas. No, it's a yeah. felony because he was charged with felony intent to distribute. Right, so. obviously. But even if it was just for personal use, it's still illegal in Texas. Yeah, it's over. It's over the legal limit that is allowable for I, what whatever they deem as a misdemeanor down there. So anything yeah. else. Anything else is a felony in the state of Texas uh, over a certain amount. All right. So what uh, – how exactly are we wording this when we're putting it on the list of things football players shouldn't do? I'm going to propose that it's don't – oh, uh, never mind. I lost what I was going to say. Sorry. Continue. Don't get uh, – Don't get caught. Don't get caught crossing the border with the 157 pounds of marijuana. Uh. Don't get caught crossing the U.S. border with – is it just like – what if they cross with 156 pounds of marijuana? Is that okay? Mm, I mean, no. We should but, just say with with an unfathomable, unfathomable amount of marijuana. With one Kyle's worth of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Oh, I'm a unit Kyle's now. <laughs> an absolute am I, am, am I a metric <laughs> unit at least? Sure. Uh, Why not? Uh, good, good spelling of marijuana there. Why? I don't. I, I figured it out. Spell check didn't help me out. So <laughs> we're adding to our list. Don't get caught crossing the U.S. border with one Kyle's worth of marijuana. That is something you should not do if you are a football player. Fact. Do, do you want? Do you want to run down the whole list or not this time? Why? Oh yeah, we got plenty of time yet in this episode. So we have a total of 30 things on the list, and I'm going to read all 30 of them off for you right now, right here on your premier Midwestern Bay Sports Podcast. Number one for is all don't of you listening, try and count the number of times that Antonio Brown appears on this list. Oh, is it five? Oh, crap. Uh, don't beat your don't family. No, it's that. Okay, don't be your family members, number one. Number two, don't get into a fight in a nightclub. Not necessarily just in London, but in any nightclub. Don't graffiti the bridge in Brookside Park. Don't throw a dumbbell at your head coach. Don't run over a cop. 
don't get caught not watching film. Don't run off the sidelines to make a tackle when, you know, obviously you weren't supposed to be in the play. Don't have to get pulled out of an on-field fight by a cop. Throw back to that Baylor game. Don't drive over 100 miles per hour in your car. Don't tweet upside down. It's just childish. Don't steal from your teammate's locker. Don't argue with your coach over wearing a jacket. Don't not listen to our list of things football players shouldn't do. Don't tweet anti-gay things on Twitter. Not cool. Don't decide not to pay your cab fare. And then don't punch the cop who tells you to pay your cab fare. Don't pull police tasers off yourself and run away from them. Don't drive on a suspended license. Don't not pay your citations for speeding. Then you won't get arrested or have your license suspended. Don't go into a cryogenic chamber without the appropriate footwear. Don't retire from the NFL because you can't wear your favorite protective hat. Don't put your fine notice on Instagram. Don't call your GM the devil. Don't post a potentially illegal video of a phone call with your head coach. Don't get your $30 million contract voided. Don't charge someone without your helmet on. Don't use a weapon on the football field. Don't use someone's head as a soccer ball on the football field. Don't punch your pregnant girlfriend. And of course, don't get caught crossing the U.S. border with one Kyle's worth of marijuana. That is our complete list of things. Well, I shouldn't say complete. That is our uh, list in progress of things football players shouldn't do. That's a good list. That is a good list. I'm sure that list will continue to grow as... uh as the NFL season starts up here soon. And, Maybe some dumb things will and happen. And as Antonio Brown continues to do more boneheaded things. He seems to end up on the list a lot. How many, did anybody count how many times he's on there? I think it was five. Oh, no, it was way more than that. It's was way it really? more than that. Nah. But don't help, it, don't help our listeners out. That's up for them to be able to know how to count. And okay. listen. Way more than five. All right, I believe you. I didn't really count. I was just reading things off of a page. But speaking of reading things off of a page, well, I don't know how that relates to ba- baseball, but I guess we're <laughs> no. You tried. You gave it a good try. Like yeah. we said before, premier Midwestern-based sports podcast. That's right. But yes, baseball. We are less than one month away from opening day. It is March, guys. It is officially the same month as opening day. I don't know if y'all are excited as I am for baseball to start, but it is almost time for baseball to start. Um, Let's see. Things that will be coming. There was nothing really big that happened in the world of baseball this week, at least nothing that I saw. I mean, spring training is, you know, coming up. Spring training games of in full swing. A lot of teams are playing. Still a lot of minor leaguers playing in some of these games. But uh, we're getting that, getting to more teams involved. Um, what I do want to make you aware of is a few things that will be happening on this podcast starting in future episodes. Um, everyone's favorite segment, our weekly total tab, will be starting again next week. I so, love how you say it's everyone's favorite segment, but yet you are the only one who loves this segment. Hey. I have had at least two other people tell me it's their favorite segment. Yeah, you and yourself? Other people. Okay. Other people, not me. Okay, you're all three egos? Like... No, my brother and then Josh Kreschel. Shout out to Josh Kreschel. You're the best. Shout out to you, Josh. Shout out to you, Josh, but I'm, I'm not really buying that you love that segment. <laughs> and I feel like Mike's brother is just doing it out of pity. 
anyway, the other, thing, <laughs> the other thing coming up is we'll probably say in three weeks from now, we're going to go three weeks from now, will be our MLB preview episode. You guys want to pencil that in on the calendar for three um, weeks from now? That's still before the my pencil starts. right now and writing on my cell phone. <laughs> so... So look forward to that. And if you guys uh, think of any topics we should talk about before then with this upcoming baseball season, drop us a line. Let us know. We'll talk about them. We're always looking for baseball stuff to talk about. So. Oh, more baseball stuff to talk about. Did you see that the Astros organization is confiscating signs at the ballparks now? I did see that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. Here's yeah, what so it's talk not about. the only. It's not the only signs that they've been stealing. I see what you did there. That was you, you tried too hard for that. This is the best thing. So the St. Paul Saint independent baseball team uh, here in St. Paul. Um, you don't say. Yeah. Has a great marketing department. Um, so what they're, what they're doing, they're doing a bobblehead giveaway this year. They're calling it Astro the Grouch. After, you know, Oscar the Grouch, the second So it's going to be the Astros in mascot trash can. in a trash can. I love independent baseball because they That's can amazing. get away with doing things like that. Yes. Oh, that is amazing. Astro the Grouch. Oh, I, I love it. I don't know if it's like it's a bobblehead or like a statue type thing, but yes. That the is Astro in a trash it. can. Yes. That's it's, beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, I think that's all I had to talk about with baseball. All right. Well, you can keep on talking then. Uh, do you have a rule for us? I do. Do you? Yeah. We're going to go into the realm of college hockey for this Ooh. rule. Yes, we are going into college hockey. So what we're going to talk about today is what is called the pairwise rankings, which is what um, the NCAA selection committee uses to decide who makes the NCAA tournament, essentially. So... Unlike a subjective system that, you know, the other sports use, like football and basketball, this is a completely objective system, the pairwise. So the way the pairwise works is there are 60 teams in Division One college hockey. So it, this really only works because there are so few less teams than in any other college sport. But anyway, so the way it works is you have three categories that you compare teams with. So you compare every team to every other team in the pairwise rankings in three categories. The first one is in RPI. So just like in college basketball, you know, the RPI was used as a tool for the selection committee. So RPI is one of the three parameters um, in the pairwise. So whoever has the better RPI gets one point in their comparison. Next, they use record against common opponents. Whoever has the better winning percentage against common opponents um, between those two teams gets one point. And then the third category is head-to-head -head record. For each win you have against that opponent, you get one comparison point in the pairwise. And so then whoever has the most comparison points between those two teams gets one pairwise comparison win, it's called. And then teams are just ranked by their number of comparison wins so you know up your maximum number could be 59 all the way down to zero depending on how many comparisons you win right it's a really it's a somewhat simple system but it's really elegant the way they do that so three categories rpi uh 
winning percentage against common opponents, and then head-to-head, and then whoever has the most um, wins the most comparisons there with um, that individual team gets a pairwise comparison win, and then teams are ranked by those number of pairwise comparison wins. Very elegant. I like that type of objective ranking system. Yeah. Just, that's all I want to say. (laughs) I mean, so it does take some suspense out of the selection show, right? Like, you know who's in, right? The season's over, and you know who wins, and then, you know, it's only for, like, and then there's, you know, like, procedural things that sometimes change the order of the teams as far as seeding goes, 1 through 16. But, so there's a little bit of that that makes the selection show interesting in college hockey. But, you, yeah, you know what teams are in. Yeah. It's I very like it's, it's not, it's, it's different from what March Madness is going to pan out to be this year, where we are pretty much going to have no idea going into it what the selection committee is going to base base everything off of if they're going to use the net if they're going to use the bpi so yeah i mean or i guess or their their wins against each quarter one two and three or quad i mean quad one the things they can look at are defined but how they weight them and how each individual committee member weights them and things like that is not is not it's gonna be yeah it's this i think this might be one of the most interesting years for the selection committee but that's a completely different sport. I got us sidetracked. Yeah, you did. That's part of the course for me. So it's for this podcast in general. But I'm gonna keep us uh, back rolling right into our write that down predictions, starting with our accountability session, um, with two things coming off the board this week. First one for me, I predicted that both Iowa State men and women would finish in the top half of their league. The women are almost guaranteed to get that done. The men are completely guaranteed to not get that done. So for that, I get a nah. Nah. Um, The other prediction to come off the board was from Josh, who last week predicted the Brewers would win three out of the next five spring training games. He was in big trouble when they lost their first and then tied their next, but then they went on to win their next three, so that is winning three out of five. So ding, 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 ding. That is it for our accountability session. So, Kyle, would you like to lead us off with some predictions? Yeah. So, I am going to place a very hopeful bet or prediction and say that the ISU men's basketball team will win both of their games this week. That's where they plan. doesn't really matter, actually. At home against West Virginia and at K-State. Okay, so according to ESPN's BPI, Iowa State has a, let's see here, a 31% chance to beat West Virginia and a 40% chance to beat K-State. So 0.31 times 0.4, that gives them a 0.12, about a 12.5% chance to do that. So that is probably triple territory, it sounds like. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Triple for okay. that, Kyle. That ain't a home run. Nope, not a home run. What do you got, if Mike? Like, if, like, Kansas was in there, then it would be a home run, but they're not. Oh, that's fair. Um, I'm going to baseball because I want to make baseball predictions, 
Um, and since I have to make this prediction that uh, we'll end by the end of our Write That Down season, which is at the end of Iowa State's semester, I am predicting that the Twins will be in first place in the AL Central at the end of the semester, slash Write That Down season, because they're the same thing. Um, how do I think about that? With your brain. Uh, the Tigers I don't know how to work the Royals that. are going to suck. Yes. The Indians sold or got rid of some pitchers, but then they still have some young pitchers who are decent. Their bullpen's rough. But their out their outfield isn't great. Their bullpen's actually going to be decent this year. Yeah. The And then the White Sox might be good. They got help in their starting rotation, and their bullpen's decent. They got really good young players. I still think the White Sox are probably one. I think the White Sox are two, three years out still. I think they're probably just one, but. Maybe oh. it's two or three. I think it, I think it's two. I think I don't know. I'm double. I'm feeling like, oh, I was feeling kind of triple because it's so I don't know. Like you can't quantify it. If you want to double, I mean, I'm not going to argue. But I think, two I think this is going to be the Twins' division to lose. Yeah. Yes. The Twins by far have the bet have the best rec- or roster in the AL Central. Okay. All right. I'll, they're I'll the most up. win now. They're the most win now ball club in the AL Central. All right. I mean, I mean, yeah. The Twins are projected to win the AL Central in every project pro, projection yeah, system. Yeah, but so that, I'll take that. It doesn't hide stuff that far out. I, and I so far, so far they're so far they're healthy in spring training. If they had some key injuries, I'd be more well, willing to go with the triple. Byron but. Buxton still hasn't played. He's gonna be ready by the Is start. Of, no. I mean, All right. the start of the season's three weeks away, and he hasn't taken the field yet. I'm just very nervous. He probably things that happen that far but off in the future. He's supposed to play here sometime in this next week. I heard so. Yeah. Hopefully. So speaking of opening day, my prediction is that the Cubs will win the first series of the season, which is a three-game series at Milwaukee, starting in March. Was it March 24th? Is that opening day? Uh, I don't know well, exactly what opening day is. I want to say, I, I can, couldn't tell off the top of my head. But I can look it up, and it is... Opening day that. is March 26th. Oh, yes. That is a fact. Anyway, that's my prediction. Um, Winning a series. Double? I was going to say double. We'll go with the double, yeah. Sweep cool. would have been a triple or a home run, but... Winning nope. is a double. Uh, I'm not making that bet. What we got from Josh? He's still alive? Yeah, he is still alive. He uh, is going to continue to pick spring training baseball because he also loves baseball. Now he's uh, getting even more confident saying the Brewers are going to win five out of the next seven spring training games instead of three out of five. I mean... Five out of seven. I initially thought double, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say triple. Yeah, I unless there's any. Uh, I what did we give him for the last one? Double, double. double I thought. So basically, he's saying when it's two so of, hard to pick spring training games though. Right, so we can't give him a double because we gave yeah. him a double for three out of five, and then he'll basically just say they'll win two more out of two games. So that's got to be a triple. Yeah. Yeah, that's All right. Sounds good to me. I like it. 
give him a double. So we got. No, nope, we gave him a triple. No, we gave oh, him a triple. Oh, crap. Two, two triples. Well, I was trying to say it's two triples and two, two doubles. Oh, gosh. Sir. I was trying to get. I was trying to get there. It's fine though because we just got our fourth write that down prediction up on the board, which means we're at the end of the write that down prediction segment, which also means we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode seventy-one of the Eight Three Three Eleven Cast. Hope to talk to you again next week. Uh, if you're curious about other stuff that we post besides just podcasts, check out our Instagram at Eight Three Eleven Cast. If you want to drop us a line, you can DM us there or visit our contact page at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. And yes, I'm still getting Russian bot messages on that. So if somebody else wants to send something besides that, that'd be, you know, more than welcome to. So, yeah, signing off for the 8311cast. We have your hosts. Kyle Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Beat the Mountaineers! Nice!